It's a very special episode of the Sick Palette Podcast. And the reason why it's so special is because there is no three things uh, that we're discussing. There's no food news. It's still Russum week-ish. I mean, this whole week, we're, we're going really hard on all things Russum. But I'm really excited about this podcast because it is an interview with who I believe to be the Russum expert, um, the person who I believe also makes the best Russum. It's my mother on the podcast. Uh, my love of Russum is directly uh, because of her. Um, it, it it really you know Russum enthusiast does not really sort of cover how much my mother loves this dish. Um, and, and you know what? It is also, I think, humbling when you come from um, a cooking family because I'm a professional chef, but my mother, who is highly accomplished professionally and personally, but, you know, has has a very big and, you know, a career with like decades, that sort of thing in the corporate world. Um, her resum is better than mine, right? Uh, and maybe that's why I make different iterations of it, right? Because sometimes you just got to know. Sometimes you just got to know. Some people are going to make something better than you and you just you just move on with your day. And I think this happens a lot in brown cultures, Um and when I'm sick, uh, when I'm craving resum, I'm I'm not really thinking about anyone else's but this particular recipe, this particular bordi, uh, which is essentially the soup's base, uh, the the spice mix, um, the the the, the sort of lifeblood of resum, right? And and just a quick intro, if if let's say you you haven't been tuning in to all the other um, Russum centric pieces on the Substack. Russum is essentially um, a South Indian broth that we we hold in high high esteem. I'm gonna link on the show notes uh, down low. Um, essentially, her recipe, um, her Russum uh that is in this newsletter and is also a really good introduction of what exactly Russum is. Um, I don't want to keep repeating myself because that content has been covered. Um, and you can you can click on it and you can make your own 40. Um, it was such a fun interview to do um, because I, I didn't even understand maybe her origin story with this dish. And, and just asking a couple questions, you learned so much about your own family, right? Like I... I knew her Bordy recipe came from my grandmother, her mother. Um, but to sort of hear that this dish is just getting sort of passed down generationally. She remembers her grandmother making this same recipe. And I can only imagine that that kept getting passed down, right? It's really cool to like sort of see um, the simplicity of this particular Bordy uh, 
the thing that I'm sort of trying to still figure out how to make, as well as my mother, how many generations of, I don't know, I don't know, was there trial and error, right? Was, was there somebody, somebody's grandmother's grandmother who was like, you know what, don't add anything else, just these five ingredients, we got it, slam dunk, who knows? But it's fun to imagine. So uh, it, was, it was very, very cool to hear how much, not only does this dish mean so much to her, why this dish means so much to her, uh, how it really makes her feel connected to um, the people I know that she holds in such high esteem in her family, her chittis, you know, her mother, um, and, and sort of keeps some memories alive for her. So I, I'm really excited for y'all to hear it. And, you know, without much further ado, please, please listen for Kalyani Shreeder, a.k.a. my mom's take, all the takes. The quintessence on all of things any awesome. South Indian food. I love it because I've always had it from childhood. Rasam, as the name stands for means the essence, the essence to eating. Mm-hmm. And it is so versatile. You can pair it with anything you want want to, whether it is proteins or things like rice. I always mm. grew up right eating rice and rasam. But what does it mean to you specifically? To me, mm. it, it touches my soul. When Explain I, that a little bit. When when I have it, hmm. especially when I travel, I, I come back home, I need it because it's so much part of me. Hmm. So somewhere it's very deeply satisfying. It almost seems like, oh my gosh, Rasam means so much to me. I can have it 24 hours a day. Is it because... When you say that it reminds me of home, you're not talking about, are you talking about your home in Garland, Texas? Are you talking about here in Austin? When you say Rasam means home, what does that mean? I mean, it means my home, regardless of what the location is. Hmm. I grew up in India. Yeah. But I'm a South Indian here in Texas Mm -hmm. for the last 33 years. Mm -hmm. So... I like eating all kinds of food, Mediterranean, Italian, Mexican, enjoy different kinds of food, Mm. but I always go back to Rasam. It's so I, I think, I think what Rasam is, is it's, it's comfort. It's comfort food. It's comfort. Comfort. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it touches me deeply. Mm. Okay. We might come back to that here in a second. Now, a combination that has now sort of seeped into your daughter's sort of way of eating is pizza and rasam. When did that start for you and why is that, why, why are those two things related to you? Well, every time I had pizza, you know, always ordered a soup mm-hmm. when I ate out and that was, uh, you know, 
For me, I can't have anything dry. Pizza is heavy. You need something more lighter. So when I... Rasam was always there at home mm. in the kitchen. So if it's a pizza night, I just paired it one day and I loved it. <laughs> so ever since, it's pizza and rasam. And when you are having pizza and rasam, is the crust going in the rasam? How are you having it? Or is this separate? The crust would go, I would dip it. Yeah. Like I would dip a biscuit. Yeah. Into it. Okay. It is amazing. <laughs> you don't want your soup to be heavy, creamy, because mm -hmm. pizza, it's all that. Fatty, lots of carbs, mm. lots of cheese, mm -hmm. lots of toppings. So you want something much more lighter and help it digest. So, you know, the two things that pizza has and Russum has, and this is something as me as a chef has figured out. And I wonder if this is um, a little bit part of that flavor point. Both pizza and Russum have something called umami. Are you familiar with the term umami? Yeah, okay. yeah, I understand what umami yeah. is. Yeah, so it's this other savory other. Right. That right. occurs when you have tomatoes, especially tomatoes that are charred and cooked. And rasam with tomatoes or not, I find to have that, that sort of umami moment as well. So I think that innately, you were also pairing pizza and rasam not only because the crust was, you know, just great to dip into it, but it both had those same flavor points. In a way, you were pairing them together. Right, right. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, instinctively, I just felt like it's going to pair well because I'm always... And you were right. Being a diabetic, I'm trying to find new ways to, mm -hmm. to make my cuisine interesting. You know, even my pizzas are low carb. Yeah. I throw in a lot of cheese, a lot of olive oil. You're right, you know. I may even crush peppers into it mm -hmm. or chop green chilies and add to add add those as a topping to my pizza. Mm -hmm. But then rasam is such a powerful thing. You can pair it with anything you like. It can be fish. Mm -hmm. It can be a cottage cheese, you know, paneer. Yeah. You know, but cottage cheese cubes. Could it, can it be even mozzarella? Yeah. Just top it with anything you like. So my latest craze is bok choy, rasam, and soy. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Just, you know, um, add it to top of quinoa mm -hmm. or any millets. Mm -hmm. crush a lot of nuts and do whatever you like create your crazy thing it comes out beautiful i love that it it really does show the versatility of this particular body now i think we've covered exactly what rasam is right now in your modern day in your modern memory i want to know what is your first memory or or your most significant memory of rasam well, um, I was an maybe seven or eight month old infant, mm. and my mom was cooking rasam on charcoal style. So in those days in India, 
Um, it, it's always kept on the floor and we were not very rich. So our kitchen was just an open kitchen, just like the one I have here in Austin. Um, but it, it was a, our kitchen was on the floor. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I think we need to describe exactly when you say your kitchen is on the floor. You said it to me and I knew exactly what you were talking about. I've seen those kitchens. I'm very familiar with that setup in India. What do you mean the stove was on the floor? Can you describe that and explain that to people who are not familiar with a, with a South Indian or an Indian kitchen in that way? Well, um, as Indians, you know, we, we, we don't, we, we didn't have the concept of tables or counters mm. or anything like that in those days. Mm -hmm. So it was a low. It's uh, like a portable, platform. it's like a portable it's stove, a portable, right? It's a portable stove yeah. that you can fill with charcoal, just much like the fire pit you yeah. have, you know, in the backyard. Mm -hmm. But it's shaped like a stove. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you start it with um, charcoal. Mm -hmm. And start the fire, mm -hmm. let the cinder, you know, build. You got to warm it up. Warm it up. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember, so as an eight-month-old infant, Rasam was boiling on, on one of those stoves. Um, probably the flavor was so, I was, <laughs> you know, even as a baby, I just went, crawled towards it. My mom had stepped away for a second and I crawled so fast and I dipped my hand into the <laughs> hot boiling rustom. Of course, my hand got, you know, burned. <laughs> and, you know, fortunately, my mom, you know, caught me in the act and, um, you know, uh, took me to safety and treated my hand. But then... Thinking back, I never thought about it that way. I just thought, okay, it was one, you know, naughty moment as a baby, but didn't think it could have been the rasam that attracted <laughs> me even as a baby so much. You've loved it so much that I that was your it. that was your first kind of food memory solidified. Right. right. Wow. And I also think, imagine having. I, mean, all I of wouldn't your... know because at, as an you mm -hmm. won't remember things as an eight month yeah, old. Of course. So this was a story that was told to you, told to me yeah. by my mom. Yeah. But uh, when you're asking this question, it suddenly, you know, it brought up that memory <laughs> from nowhere because I have never thought about it. Um, so that's uh, that's an interesting thing, you know, that I actually did that. So I must have been very connected and loud that flavor in, <laughs> in some way. Um. I think so. And then the thing I really want to know, because I feel like your rasam podi is the podi that I trust. I want you to make it, even though I know all the ingredients, I technically know how to make it. It's been featured on the Substack. Anyone can go and make it. I would much rather you make the podi and I just sort of, reap those benefits. Where does your recipe of rasam podi come from? Rasam podi, I always love the rasam made by my mom and my aunts. And they all knew that I loved it. So whenever I visited them, they would 
tell me have a bowl of rasam and rice and go don't leave without it so i've always watched my mom make the you know very carefully mm-hmm. clean the ingredients um cilantro seeds um then um uh, chickpea split mm-hmm. chickpeas and then um pigeon peas and pepper cumin and red chilies mm-hmm. so these were in in the olden days you know india is a tropical country you have a lot of heat mm-hmm. um summer is long um temperatures are very high so you can take advantage of the the sun so these were all sun dried mm-hmm. they were sun dried for 2 days mm-hmm. and once they are crisp and you know you can actually flavor you can smell the flavors you know when you bring in the uh, the trays of after they've been the dried outside yes it's almost like toasting it yeah so nowadays i toast it right. for the sake of you know convenience but i would rather do it maybe austin summers are great for that make a batch of rasam pori outside some with sun dried tomatoes were never used mostly yeah. <clears throat> the um the tartness comes from tamarind yeah. tamarind juice so you extract that and you add in the salt and the rasam mm. powder and flavor it with other things you know you yeah. rasam goes great with pineapple I nowadays I make it with strawberries and yeah. <laughs> tomatoes different types of tomatoes so I just I I cook it even with radish pink radish mm-hmm. it it just grows I mean the more I'm using it I I just feel like it is so versatile today we had uh what um I still have that bok choy or some sitting mm. So I have a whole pot and tomorrow <laughs> it, it could be paired with something else. Yeah. It, it just the idea I just have to look around for things and instinctively I think okay this is going to go with rasam. You you are locally pairing it at all times. Yes. You know what also strikes me about your particular pori recipe is the simplicity of it. Yes. I have seen so many different if you look on the internet and you look up rasam pori It is kind of unbelievable because my friends who have tasted your pori are like, "Oh my gosh, what is in hers? What is it?" And the fact that you only have five ingredients to yours is really interesting because I feel like it's so much more flavorful. I see ones that have hing in it already, that have jaggery, that have all kinds of, you know, sort of extraneous stuff. Yours relies on those five ingredients. but the measurements are important roasting it is important right the care is important and the, that's really what sort of gives it that flavor i think right and and you know the coarseness mm-hmm. of of the powder itself also is important because you're calling it rasam it is the essence of those flavors right if you grind grind the mix too too much too you know to a powder to a fine powder hmm. you, you it the essence is not coming out you're actually mixing everything mm-hmm. and it it changes the 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 layers of flavors that come out of it 
So you just have to grind it a little coarse. Mm -hmm. And the way you cook it is also, you have to be very delicate about it. It's very easy. Yeah. But you got to know the nuance. You have to, you know, you add in your tomatoes or strawberries, salt, mm -hmm. turmeric, all those things. But then rasam powder is the last thing you add for the mm -hmm. last two, three minutes when, when the liquid is boiling. That's when you add it. And when you can smell it in the air, you switch off the gas. And to bring out the flavors, you do a garnish with ghee mm -hmm. and cumin, more cumin, crush more peppers if you like, and then add curry leaves. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Mom, for this interview. You did great. It was perfect. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll talk to y'all later.